Um, I just want to ask you, though, before we get going, um, did you have any what moments this past week with Jesus? I did. I mean, kind of that moment when you go like, what? You know what I mean? Like, thank you, Jesus. And I, and I hope that you did. I did. And, and, and if you did and you're joining us online this morning, I just want to stop and pray and say thank you, Lord. Can we do that? So, Father, thank you um, for the times that, that you just, in a supernatural way, made your presence evident in our life. Maybe it was the answer to prayer. Maybe it was just that moment we just need to be reminded um, that we weren't alone. And we know we are never alone. You're always with us. But it was just a special moment when you just revealed yourself um, in, a, in, in, a, in a particular way. And you answered prayer. Um, you, 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 when we cried out to you, um, we were just certain that you heard us. Um, it, it's all of that. And we just called it a what moment. And so, God, I thank you for that. And we give you the praise um, for all that you're doing in us and through us. And it, that we get to do this thing called life together. And more importantly, we get to share the good news of the gospel together. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just say what? <laughs> what? Okay. So I have this uh, concrete uh, pathway um, in my yard. And uh, just broken concrete, so you know what I mean. So you can kind of visualize that, right? Um, broken concrete, and but I was I was a few um, pieces short, and had to fill in some spots, and then I have another place I'm going to put some another pathway in, in this type of kind of a small yard, but um, I needed more concrete, and so I have a friend who was busting up a concrete slab, so I went up there and helped with the old jackhammer, busted it up, and with his tractor he loaded. A um, bunch of concrete blocks onto a large trailer, backed it up my driveway, and unhitched it and went home. So I say, thanks, thanks a lot. Um, so anyway, it sat out there. Well, um, I, I went out there, I went out the next day, and I, I looked at that trailer, full of concrete. And then I went throughout the day, and then I went to bed, and I got up the next morning. And I looked out there at that trailer, and not one piece of concrete had moved. And so I just waited until the next day. And when I went out there the next day, I looked out there, and, you, and guess what? Not one piece of concrete had moved. And uh, I told Jen, I says, I, I think we need to do something. Or I need to do something, right? And so finally, um, I went out there and I decided that I got to get this thing unloaded. I, I think it was about a week or more, actually, it was out there. Um, and so one piece at a time, I would load it and move it to where it, it needed to go. And I think over the course of about 90 minutes, I unloaded um, the, the entire trailer and it, it was done. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just think about a project it might not be broken concrete, but a project, something that you have been intending on getting to, but you've also noticed that until you get to it, nothing happens. So for parents, like I remember, uh, I think I got this from my mom, right, who said, that pile of clothes right there, they are not going to take care of themselves, 
right? Like they're not going to hang up by themselves. They're not going to get in the drawer by themselves until you do something with it. Kind of like that concrete is not going to do anything on its own. You are actually going to have to do something. So kind of a think of a project that maybe you have or an experience like, like that, that one. But we discover that when we do start moving the blocks one at a time over time, it gets done, doesn't it? You ascend a mountain one step at a time, right? You ascend stairs one step at a time. So kind of a recurring theme that I've shared with you over the last weeks that this journey that we call life, it, there's always a first step and there's always a second step. So the first step is always followed by the second step. And I won't talk about that. We'll be talking about that in this series called Broken Normal. Here's what we discovered just over a year ago now, that normal broke. With this COVID weirdness and all this that's going on, the normal routines of life broke. I don't know if you remember the day when everything here in our state anyway was, was locked down, but I went out that day um, to go to an essential grocery shopping thing. And it was like weird. You know, like it was. You know, I told Jen, I go, it's like, it's really eerie. It's like nobody is anywhere. And suddenly the life that you and I were used to was different, was changed, and it was broken. And it keeps on changing, doesn't it? I mean, we learned new re routines. We had to. We, we had to do things different because the normal life, what we would call normal, was suddenly broken by something that was completely out of our hands. And it wasn't broken like a leaky faucet, right? So you could go and, and you know, a little work and your leaky faucet was fixed and then everything was back to normal. That's not the way it's been. That's not been, been our, our experience at all. Um, what we have discovered is that we don't really know when normal will be back or when it comes back, what it might look like. So we're, we're living in this tension of, of life. I want to talk to you about something today. And in this series, we're going to be focusing on different aspects of, of broken normal. That when I mention it, some of you are going to go, I'm there. I'm right there. How did you know? Some of you listening online are going to go, that's exactly where I am today. And that's, that's what I'm dealing with. And if it's not you, it's going to be someone that you, that you know. So I want to do this morning is help us from a biblical perspective walk through um, this thing called anxiety. Now, I don't know if you've ever um, experienced anxious moments or not. Um, but that's what we're talking about. Broken normal. Do you know that in, in 2019, in July of 2019, um, the statistics tell us that 8.9 or 8.2 percent of adults dealt with anxiety? 8.2 percent. That's pretty, pretty, seems like a pretty small percentage. Do you want to guess what that percentage went up to just a few months after COVID hit? You take a guess, shout it out. Put online, type it into the chat section there. What do you think the percentage grew to? 60%, 90 40 some down here? 30%, okay, yeah. 
Well, according to the people who are supposed to know, it, it jumped to 36%. So just think about that. And it could be higher than that. I mean, it could well be higher than that. That means that 36% of us here, 36% of us online, are dealing with this thing called anxiety. Anxiety. Um, and you can, you, you can use different words, can't you? Maybe it's worry. You know, you but anxiety. So that means if we kind of look around, maybe the person beside you, maybe the person you're sitting, maybe you, behind you, in your home, wherever you are, um, yeah, that's you. Or someone that you know. Now, before we um, take off and get too weird, um, by thinking that followers of Jesus don't suffer from anxiety, I just say, no, just stop. Don't, don't go there. Because followers of Jesus actually do deal with these emotions, don't we? But we're going to talk about that, what it looks like from a biblical perspective. In fact, listen to the psalmist in Psalm 94, 19. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. When my anxious thoughts multiply, because did you notice how that happens in your own life? Like one anxious thought leads to another, right? And they, it just seems to grow. But when my anxious thoughts, when that happens, when they multiply within me, your consolations, whose consolations? God, right? Our Father, Heavenly Father. They delight my soul. That, so in this moment, the psalmist is saying, like when, when life seems to offer up all of this stuff that kind of brings these anxious moments, even though they multiply, ultimately it's God the Father who brings delight to my soul. Um, if you love me, John 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever. So that's our reality. Um, we may be living in this broken, normal time. But the reality is we are not living alone. We're going to talk more about that. So the idea we kind of want to wrap around a little bit this morning is this. Jesus is not just our example regarding sin or against sin. He, is our, he is our example in every struggle of life. We're going to see that. Um, we know that Jesus suffered temptation, right? You read about that in Matthew. And we see how he fought that with the word of God. So when he was tempted with hunger, the response, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When tempted to trust God in an ungodly act, again it is written, you should not put the Lord your God to test. When, when tempted with misplaced worship, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And so this morning, here's what we're going to say. Be gone, Satan, because some of us are dealing with anxiety this morning. And so what we're going to say is be gone, and we're going to look at the Word of God, and we're going to look at the example of Jesus of how to deal with this. And so if, if you're one of the 36%, got really good news for you. And we're going to look at that. How did Jesus deal with it? If you're not one of the 36% today, yay, take some of the things that we're going to talk about this morning and use them to help one another. So, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, beginning with verse number 32. And, and just kind of allow your mind to just kind of see what's going, going on here. Mark 14, 32. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. 
And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be what? Greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. What were the same words? Father, if it's possible, remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. And they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And so what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to use this illustration I share with like these big piles of concrete or anxiety and, and, or whatever it is that you're staring at. And we're going to break it, break it down and look at the example of Jesus. I'm going to share with you four steps that you and I can apply to our lives if that's the place that we are today or might be there tomorrow or four steps you can help another, okay? Number one, step number one, Mark 14, verse 32, from what we just read. And they went to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John. What is the first thing that you notice? He was not alone. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death, remain here and watch. So the first step, the example of Jesus is this. He was real with his community. He took with him people that he was close to. Jesus did not hide his struggle. He said, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. And we read that as they walked along, Jesus became greatly distressed and alarmed and troubled. And he said, sit here while I pray. See, the full impact of what he was facing and the spiritual consequence sat heavy upon him. Now, if we were to be honest, I think for a lot of us, and whatever percentage, I don't know. But let's be honest that sometimes we are really good at hiding the struggle with others, aren't we? Now, I'm not suggesting that you stand up in the middle of here or wherever and yeah, shout out your struggle. But sometimes we're really good at hiding the struggle that we have, even with those closest to us. Jesus did not do that. One of the reasons that you may be battling anxiety is because you are not allowing anyone into your circle. I'm going to illustrate that in just a moment. But just think about for just a moment, who is in your circle? Who have you allowed in? Who can you trust with these anxious feelings, these anxious moments that you might be dealing with right now? Let me try to illustrate it for you today up here. And so um, I'm, 
will it come up there? There we go, right there. Just like magic, see? Um, let me just draw a line that just represents um, your life and represents my life. Kind of almost a straight line. So um, this is the beginning of your life. This is when mom said hello to you. Okay. Now this is um, when Jesus says hello to you. Okay, so <laughs> this is the best way I can say it, all right? So this is a start. This is the start of life right here. This is the end of life. And uh, we all have a start, right? And we all have an end. Now, we haven't reached the end yet because you're here. Okay. So along life, um, we develop, I'll just put these as friends right here. These are acquaintances and friends in all of life. But James Clear, who's a, a gentleman I follow, really illustrated something for me that really, really captured my mind. And he says, if you're right here, right there, you have a limited circle of influence. These are people who are right here. This is you. And there might be just a few friends in here. But these people right here are the friends that you influence. And they're the friends that influence you. This circle. And so my question to you today, and, and to me by the way, do we have people in this circle? Or if I just go up here and kind of hit that button right there and we start eliminating people, is that what our circle looks like? It's just us. You notice how Jesus was very real with his community? So I'm just going to ask you just to think about for just a moment. Who, who do you have here? Or do you here? This is why we talk about doing life together. This is why we talk about the importance of a faith community. This is why you've heard me say time and time again, right, we're not a perfect community, but I pray that we can be a healthy community. And part of our health is doing life together where people speak into our lives and we speak into their lives as well. Okay, let's go back. We'll go back to the steps that Jesus um, is showing us. So the first question is, do you have people in your life? Second one is this, he was raw with God. That's the, that's the example of Jesus. He was raw with God. Mark chapter 14, and going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. It's so easy for you and me to take and to read those words and just not get the emotion and not get what's going on there. It's so easy for us to do that because they're like a couple of short senses there. Um, like, just imagine Jesus. In fact, let me, let me read this to you because Luke gives us a little bit more of a graphic picture. He says this. He prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. So just think about that. Don't read it as, as a couple of sentences. Like, read this like he was raw and his emotions were raw. And he was coming to his father and said, like, all, look, God. My father, all things are possible with you. Can we just remove this cup? And so I just want to ask you, I want to ask, ask us, like, are we honest with God? Now, I mean, I have had people say to me, is it okay to be mad at God? Have you ever been mad at God? Have there been those times when, when, when you have just kind of almost raised your fist and said, God, I don't understand what's going on. 
And then the enemy might come along and go like, you're talking to God. Have you ever had that? And I'm saying, yeah, you're talking to God, and it's okay. And so I've had people say, is it okay if I question God? Yes, it's okay if you question God. He's God. Like, he's your father, and he's my father. And he's called us into that place where we can be open and we can be honest. So the question is, do you have difficulty being real with God about your struggles? Do you take them to him? Because it's okay if you do. There are times, remember the story about the persistent widow in Luke? So Jesus tells this story, this parable about this persistent widow that we ought to always pray and, and never give up. And he says, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And then there was a widow in that city who kept coming and saying, give me justice. And I just kind of pictured that in my mind. Like, God, I, I'm not going to stop knocking. God, I'm going to keep on knocking. I'm going to keep on bothering you because I got these issues I'm, I'm dealing with. Are you honest and open with God? Because that's a great place to be, knowing that he hears. And I tell people, look, God's okay with your questions. God's okay with all of your emotions. He's okay. He handles them all. But that leads us to point number three. And this is, I'm just going to tell you before we get there. It is the most difficult, but it's the most rewarding. So if you're dealing with anxiety, all these emotions, or however you want to describe it, look, step three is the most important. Here it is. He, Jesus, renewed himself through submission. Not my will, but your will be done. Now, that's difficult, isn't it? Because here's what we're saying. I, I, God, I don't know, but I trust you. I can't see what the next step is, but I'm trusting you right now because you are a sovereign God. And the renewal comes... From the knowledge that our good Father knows best what's, for you, what's best for you and for me. Our good Father knows what's best. And when we submit to Him, and when we submit all of our life, including all the broken that we're even facing right now, and the results of, of broken, we find ourselves being renewed um, through our submission, trusting a sovereign God that He knows best best. So is submission hard for you? It, it can be really hard, and sometimes it's hard for me. But I have also discovered that when we place our hands, our life into his hands, there's a peace that comes. Step number four, he was receptive to the Spirit's help. I love Luke twenty-two forty-three, and then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthen him. Do you know that the Spirit lives in you? Do you know that? Do you know that even in these times when anxious moments over whatever is taking place in your life, even you might be like the psalmist, said, like they just keep multiplying in me. And I know when that happens sometimes that you can feel like you're absolutely alone, but you are never alone. The Spirit of God lives in us. He leads us and He guides us and He walks with us. We are never alone. I love Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be what? Anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't be anxious about anything. 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There are times when I have to sit either in my quiet time or in my prayer time, and I am, I am open and honest with God, and I say, God, I don't know what to do. And I, I just don't know even sometimes what the next step is, and this is how I'm feeling right now. And like the persistent widow, I'm just going to keep knocking, and I'm going to keep trusting, and I'm going to be, and I'm going to keep coming to you, and I'm going to keep asking you, Father, um, to, to show the way. And with thanksgiving, once we've made our request uh, known to him, you and I can sit back and trust a sovereign God. And I have discovered in my own life that when I do that, these anxious thoughts that come are, have a, a way of diminishing under the mighty, powerful hand of God. And this is why I pray for you, because in just a few moments, we're going to be gathering around the table. His body was broken, that we might be made whole in every way. So this is why we take the bread. So we might feel broken this morning by the anxiety, by the anxious thoughts. And that may be where you're at, but his body was broken, that we might be made whole in every way. Are you thankful for Jesus? Are you thankful for his broken body? Are you thankful that we can come to him and present ourselves to him and he will heal us? I'm going to ask you, there are actually four B's this morning, and ask you which one maybe that you need to take a step in. The first one is this, be in community. Are you in community? Do you have people that you can trust, um, people that you can be honest with? And if not, what step do you need to take? Are you honest with God? Because I, I just know no other way to live than say, God, I need you today more than ever. And I'm hurting, and I'm anxious about this, but God, I'm just being honest with you. And then we submit our life to him. And this is where the renewal comes, and this is where the release comes, and this is where the joy comes. When we submit our lives to a sovereign God who loves you and who watches over you and protects you each step of the way. I believe that he leads us sometimes when we don't even know he's leading us. You know what I mean? That means that, like, I have discovered that when I get down here, like, to this point in my life, I can look back and go, like, God, I didn't even know that you led me in that step, in that direction, but you did, and now that I look back. So th that just means I trust him for going, right, the next step, whatever, whatever that might be, as we submit to him. And then we're receptive, and we receive the strength from the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Amen. So. We're going to pray, and I'm going to pray um, that you'll be made whole in every way, whatever that is. And for some of you, it's what we're talking about today. For others, maybe it's finances. Maybe something else is broken. We're going to talk. We're going to pray about that. You lift that up to the Lord. You talk to Jesus about that as we pray. His body was broken, that we might be made whole in every way. And then we're going to share in the cup together. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Aren't you thankful for the spirit that lives in you and in me and lives in us, who leads us and guides us? We are never alone. So, Father, I pray for healing in Jesus' name. Your body was broken that we might be made whole in every way, so we offer up our brokenness to you. We need you, God. 
We need your wisdom. We need your leading. We need your direction in all of life. There may be anxious moments that we're lifting up to you right now. It may be finances. It may be relationships. But God, as we take the bread today, I pray for healing in Jesus' name. And then as we receive the cup, remind us that we never go it alone. You're always with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take the bread together, shall we? And the cup, let's take it together. And Jesus, we thank you.